The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. We're thrilled you're with us as always and having fun. It's nice to be here and uh, as promised, as we've teased and talked about, we have a very special guest on this podcast that we hope you enjoy and we're hoping to learn a lot from him too. So buckle your seats, be- seat belts, everyone. We've got a very special guest with us. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And, and it's, it's funny because we've reached out to a lot of guests. We're going to start doing fairly regular guests on the podcast. We think it'll be great to some of the people that we have lined up. But this guest specifically, I told him, we asked you guys about guests. <laughs> and, then the, and then you guys responded. The general consensus was one person. And so I reached out yeah. to our guest and I said, you're our most requested guest. And he said, you say that to everyone. And I said, no, no, honestly, this is Jason <laughs> from Engineering Explained. You are far and away our most requested guest. So Jason, welcome. Thank you, guys, both so much for having me. Yeah, I, I'm still going to uh, think in the back of my head that you say that to everyone, but I do appreciate you, uh, Paul and Todd, for, for having me. This is great. We're glad to have you, man. And there's some really good Facebook questions coming up. We, uh, we're going to hear a little bit from Jason. I, I, I want to be educated on, on all of the history of his channel and all that because his channel is blowing up. If you aren't watching already, you're behind and you should be. Yes, so we're going to hear exactly. from Jason a little bit up front. <laughs> then we're going to cover a car debate. We're only going to do one tonight. Give us more room to talk. Because you've also posted a lot of very specific Facebook questions. We told you Jason was going to be here. We've got some good ones there as well. So it's going to be fun. It will be fun to uh, to do this. And as we said, we've got a car debate that we want Jason's input to. And that is for Rod in Michigan, who writes in looking for a winter car. Now, he's got a really hot car, which we will tell you about. But he's not wanting to drive that in the winter months. And being as this, as that it's uh, almost winter months here in Utah, yep. we're, uh, we're already thinking that way too. So winter car for Rod in Michigan. But we'll get there. We've got some questions first for Jason that we wanted to just ask you and help our audience and us get to know you a little bit better. I mean, I'm sure you've answered these endlessly, you know, at, as as uh, all <laughs> no, over I'm your ready YouTube channel. <laughs> But uh, we'll just start out with your background and just kind of saying, if you would talk to us all and say, how'd you get started doing this? You know, what were you studying and, you know, what what mindset and what shift led to where you are now? Yeah, so I started this in 2011, summer of 2011. This was the summer before my senior year of college. Uh, And basically, I was at an internship, and I didn't have anything to do at that internship. I worked for uh, the state construction department in North Carolina, and I had uh, nothing to do. And basically, like, (laughs) I can't, I can't iterate enough how little I had to do. So (laughs) it got, it got kind of boring playing games uh, at work every day. And so I was like, all right, I've got to have something that I put on my resume because ideally, in a year, I need to get an actual job. I get paid instead of just paying, you know, (laughs) everything that goes along with school. So, sure, sure. uh, So, I had this uh, idea, you know, I'll make this YouTube channel and I'll teach about engineering concepts because that's what I was going to school for. I was going to school for mechanical engineering. So, I was kind of thinking of something along the lines of uh, Marshall Brain has the book, the series How Stuff Works. 
and mm-hmm. I've always really liked those. And I thought, you know, maybe I'll do like a video series about, you know, how different things work. Mm-hmm. I've had okay. experience with video and, and YouTube before. And so I thought, you know, let's mix all this together in, in a YouTube channel. So I, I just started off and it wasn't car based initially. I've got some videos about scuba regulators and jet skis and, you know, other <laughs> silly things. Um, and I just kind of went off people's suggestions initially. So when a few people watched it, they were like, hey, could you do a video on this? And I was like, mm, okay, sure. Mm. And so I did that. And, and it kind of just grew organically from there, um, never with the intention of getting it where it is today. Really what sure. I was just looking to do was to make something that I could put on a resume. <laughs> to fill well, the time. Is, but this is the problem. The, the the worst thing in the world is having free time in the internet. I don't I mean that never actually <laughs> leads where you expect it to go, but that's really cool. Yep. I mean when when did your channel start really getting huge? Because I feel like I mean I've been watching for a year or two, but I feel like in the last year or so it's really kind of exploded. Yeah, I mean it's definitely exploded the past year. Twenty fifteen has or twenty sixteen has more than doubled what my subscribers were at wow. at the beginning of twenty sixteen. Um so twenty sixteen's definitely grown strong. I've been doing this full time uh since September of two thousand fourteen, so about okay. two years now. Uh and at that point it was like kind of a poverty level income where I could get by and I was like, all right, I'll quit and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So full time for two years, but yeah, it's really exploded this past year. Wow! Yeah, no kidding. And you're you're quickly approaching that one million subscribers level. And I just want I I want to have a bone to pick with YouTube <laughs> yeah. real quick because congratulations, one million subscribers is fantastic. But yeah, why I'm does super YouTube not about getting there? No kidding. Why does YouTube not have any indicator of congratulations between a hundred thousand? and a million that's there's a lot of <laughs> yeah there's a lot of random you know, ground in there <laughs> and chris fix just got his letter from youtube uh for hitting a million and his letter said next step 10 million and it's like what like you just go yeah they just what add about zero I mean, that's, about that's how it works <laughs> yeah where yeah, yeah well, where's where's two hundred and fifty thousand? where's five hundred thousand? i mean so few channels well, reach think. those places i just i you no, know the, yep. the million thing's awesome but wow yeah, yeah, no, I mean, certainly there could be more credit given. There's a lot of people working extremely hard uh, with, you know, smaller numbers, and, and there's no reason not to congratulate. You know, 250000 is a huge deal. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I think at a million, you sh- YouTube should start giving you health insurance. That's what I'm uh, hoping for. <laughs> now that, honestly, That's you hit on something. Idea. That is fantastic. That's much, much better, because you know they could get their actual full-time employees you know have insurance. That wouldn't yeah. be that hard. There's genius yeah, right there, I'm... my friend. Well done. <laughs> and the thing is, too, like, at a certain point, you start to bring in more money than, like, a full-time employee at YouTube would make. So it's like, come yeah. on, just give me some health insurance. That's funny. That's a, you know what? I th- I don't know how we, we push that to them, but I think that's a fantastic idea because they don't have that many folks that are over a million. They're, I, I, right. Seriously, I, I almost want to stop the podcast right now and try to make a phone call because that's, that's fantastic. I really like that. Well, it's been very cool to hear yeah, your – That's your, my big idea. Your, it's been cool to hear your roots there. I, I'm curious about the content of your videos as we're talking – you sold an STI and bought an S2000, which is one of the cars that we love yep. and have driven endlessly. But mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. all of your content has really gone all in the automotive direction. As you said, you know, some jet skis, some other stuff at the very beginning. Do those requests still come in? And how are you, you know, managing that? Or are you f- completely automotive at this point? 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely completely automotive at this point, and it has been for, I'd say, the past four and a half years. Um, it, initially, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with it, and that's why I called mm-hmm. it Engineering Explained. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's called Engineering Explained. You only talk about cars. And it's like, yep, you're absolutely right. But, you know, there's there's <laughs> other channels. Subaru WRX fan, he doesn't just talk about Subaru. Saab Kyle doesn't just talk about Saabs. You know, this we all true. made that initial mistake. We don't make mm-hmm. these things expecting them to become enormous and, you know, have a perfect idea from the start. So initially, yeah, I thought it was just going to be about engineering, um, but I really like cars and I don't really care too much about a lot of the other subjects out there. So it's, it's just car based. <laughs> yes. What, yes. What, what led you to selling the STI and getting the S2000? I mean, especially considering, didn't you just move to a place that's even snowier? So it also seems backward in that regard. So walk me through that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, okay, the STI is is one of the most, you put the right tires on it, it is one of the most capable cars in the snow, hands down, tons of fun. Uh, It's a good car. What I, I bought that car, I bought that car before I had ever driven any press car. And so I I had a very narrow mindset of like what I liked. And I knew I liked it because it pretty much did everything, but I hadn't driven other cars and I didn't know, you know, what Mm. I truly liked. Um, so after having driven a bunch of press cars, what I, what I learned, uh, is that for me, the most fun came from things that were lightweight and rear wheel drive. Mm, And, you know, power wasn't always the most important thing. It was, it was rear wheel drive and lightweight. And that always ended up being the most fun. So I thought, you know what? I've got an Integra that's front wheel drive and an STI that's all wheel drive. I need to change this up. The other thing is, you know, when you have a nice car, I bought the STI new. You, you don't want to do anything with it. You're just scared about yeah. breaking something. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I need my fun car to, to not be something that I'm like scared to damage. Like I yeah. scraped one of the wheels. I scraped two of the wheels actually on my SDI and it's just a horrific experience and I can't parallel park anymore because of it. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, okay, I'll just be two feet away. And I'm like, that's good. And it's like, it's, no, it's, that's not good. But. Parallel parking PTSD. That's that's probably diagnosed, actually. Yeah. Keep going, yeah. Yeah. No. So, yeah, and so I, I wanted an older car that was rear-wheel drive. Um, I, I like Hondas. You know, they make reliable engines. I wanted something yeah. that would be, you know, pretty yeah. reliable. Um, and the S2000, I think, is just one of, the, one of the coolest cars that was kind of made in that era where if you look at the Roadsters out there, the Z3, the Boxster, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Miata, the, the S2000, I feel like, kind of stands out amongst that group as uh, something that even today is is still pretty timeless. If you look at the Z3 and the old Boxsters, they've definitely dated themselves. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. I feel like the S2000 can still remain relevant, uh, even as, you know, a 15-year-old car. And, and it's... It's pretty cool. I, I quite enjoy it. Um, and, you know, I've also learned to love convertibles. I never really liked convertibles mm. uh, until I drove them. And then I drove them, and it's like, man, it's it's actually really cool to just be able to hear the exhaust purely, to hear the tires, to, yeah. to be outside. And, and it's it's a much more it's, – it's definitely like a more visceral experience of driving a car, which, you know, I always thought, well, it loses rigidity. I don't like that. I'm done with it. But – it's actually a much more involved and a much more enjoyable experience uh, if you don't live in a super cold place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there. I mean, that's what's funny. You hit on a couple of things that I feel like are common among car journalists, and I want to come back to a couple of them. But you know, the S two thousand is 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 like my grand exception to my convertible rule. I mean, there are a few where it's like get that even though it's convertible. And the S2000 may be the top of that list. But you're also speaking to the thing that Paul and I talk about a lot on the show, and that is having a car you're too precious about. 
you know, yeah. that that's the difficulty. You get into something really nice, like you, you may have followed along with this. Paul recently got a Porsche Cayman GTS. Fantastic car. But the whole yes. discussion is, how much do we want to take that and hammer on it? Versus, I have an FRS. Let's go hammer on that car. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yep. It, yep. But, but also the thing I think is interesting that you touch on is that thing that I don't know that it makes sense until you get to drive a lot of things, and it's kind of the car journalist disease. We all reach a place where we seem to go, you know what, power is cool and it's a laugh. I picked something that wasn't powerful. I feel like journalists yeah. are the only <laughs> ones that do that, and everybody that, that hasn't had the opportunity we've had to drive all kinds of things, it, it's much easier to go, well, that car's faster. It must be better. Mm, that's Maybe not, yep. you know? <laughs> we all drive yep, slow cars. I mean, that's why I bought my STI. <laughs> Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, like, like I didn't need it over a WRX, but it had more power, so what the heck? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it, it's easy when you haven't driven a lot of stuff to, to think, well, okay, Hellcat, always going to be better than a Lotus Elise because Hellcat has <laughs> got 700 horsepower. But when you drive yeah. both back to back, there's going to be a large segment of people that are going to be like, Hellcat, yes, funny. In fact, a riot, but now I want to go drive something yeah. fun. You know, so it's yep. interesting to see how that tra- that that specifically to you changed your buying personally in a very short period of time because we've had that same experience. Yeah, I'm curious. Yep. Uh, well, and I some... always. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say I've always kind of liked the idea of light cars, uh, but I didn't know how much um, weight would affect my thinking. And and I got the STI. Like it's you know close to 3,400 pounds. It's not light by any means, but it's also not super heavy. And Agreed. so I thought, you know, that's, that's going to be fine. I'm not, I'll be okay with that weight. And it, and honestly, I mean, coming from my Integra, which when I last weighed, it was at about 2,500 pounds. It's, mm-hmm. it's a healthy ad and, and you feel it. I mean, yeah. you feel that weight. And so it, it takes away from the experience for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Jason, as you are driving more and more cars, as we are, is there a car that you're sort of eyeballing now that you have either driven or you want to own, some other aspirational car that you're squirreling away money for, or it's a project car? We've talked about project cars a little bit on the show, too, that uh, you've got yeah. in your garage. What are you working on? I mean, what's what's there aren't, out there? There aren't any cars out there that I'm like currently thinking about buying, but there are three that, that have definitely won my heart. Uh, the new MX-5, I absolutely love. Okay. Um, the ND MX-5. The Jaguar sure. F-Type is mm. unreal good. It's just <laughs> yeah. a joy yeah, to drive. And uh, the last car that, that's kind of stolen me over is the new GT350, the Mustang GT350. It good. is unbelievably oh, yeah. fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, did, uh, and so those G- three. Yeah. Oh, man. We did GT350 versus Boss Mustang earlier this year, and we, we still oh, both are looking at each other and just going, GT350. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just, why Why don't yeah. I have one? Where? Why is it, doesn't everyone have one? And I am not. I mean, I am I know, a I know. It was, Mustang guy. It was, it's the craziest thing. Yeah, I'm not even, honestly, like, I'm not even that into Mustangs, but I drove that thing, and I was just cracking up the whole time I was in it, and I was like, man, this is just too much fun, and it's unfortunate my GoPros died, but I made a quick video on it anyways, because I was like, I have to at least speak to how great this is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, just yeah, an unbelievable it. car. Well, funny. Yeah, we, uh, we, we drove those Mustangs. We've also had the F-Type, uh, actually only very briefly, we drove the F-Type on a track, and I was really surprised with the balance of that car. And, of course, you know, the running joke on the Internet is the answer is Miata. And every now and then the answer is Miata here, but we drove all four generations. Uh, it was 
late last year, actually. And it was really amazing to put all four together because you kind of can't go wrong. So we wound up in that place that we go often where we are splitting it into such fine hairs of, well, this is different than in this car. But if you drove any one of them individually, be like, well, that was fun. And plus, you're looking at that retractable fastback, that... uh, that new MX-5 oh. RF, that's that's oh, man. Yeah, what a business. beautiful car. <laughs> yeah. Jason, how tall are you, actually? I am 6'1", and, it, okay. you know, I get asked that a lot about, about fitting in the S2000, and it's – so it has a fixed steering wheel. I mean, that's kind of a downside, and that's the same mm-hmm. with the MX-5. The new MX-5 doesn't have telescoping. It goes up and down, but it doesn't come yeah. back and forth. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, in the MX-5, I definitely hit the steering wheel when I let the clutch out. Um in my S2000, it's okay. Like, I think if I were to lower my seat a little bit, uh, and I believe there's rails out there that you can buy, mm-hmm. I'd actually be in a pretty good spot. Um, I'm a little tall for it, but yeah. I fit and it works and I'm happy. So, <laughs> well, we're we're both six three, and my big concern with that RF is I'm very because I'm I'm kind of in love with it from afar. It's that girl across the room from me yeah. right now, you know. And so when I finally yeah. see one. It's going to be this moment of anticipation and a little bit of concern because I fear that my head's going to touch the ceiling. I, and I just, yeah, I, that'd be I, a I'm really worried that the, my head against the roof, forget a helmet for a second, just just sitting there, I'm concerned that it's going to be the case. So I, I expect one to be at the LA Auto Show and I will be, I'll probably stand across the room from it for a few minutes and be like, oh, just I'm going to go there and see if it's as bad as I fear. Yeah, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm worried. I am. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to cut the seat rails yeah. or something. You have to cut them down or install a custom seat or, you know, it can be solved. We'll, yeah. we'll shoehorn you in there somehow. We'll, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, there's the whole the Miata form foamectomy. I mean, they actually have that's the term for it. About here's here's how much foam to take out of each seat if you're over six foot two. I mean, trust me, I've followed the rabbit oh, trail, but we'll see where it goes on the ND. Well, yeah. um, guys, let's jump into the car debate here for Rod real quick, and yeah, let's do it. uh, it's going to be fun because Rod, you're going to have three, hopefully three different choices, three different opinions here. Which is rare. Usually it's just Todd and I, but you're going to add a third here from mm-hmm. Jason. And his story right is, is uh, he's in Michigan. He is got, get this, everyone, a 2014 BMW 435 M Sport. And then he got the Diamond Stage 2 signature package installed. So, yeah, yes. we like it too. Just reading this, Rod, we like that. So he got it. Well, it's uh, that old it's that adage we've been here. joking about. It's like, I bought a fast car. Let's make it faster. So, yeah, I mean, this is (laughs) – you've kind of bought yourself a rocket ship and two doors, and you love it, but this is where the dilemma begins. Yes. All right. So the daily commute is the biggest thing here. I don't think we've ever talked to somebody with a longer commute. If that's you, write to us because Rod has a (laughs) 148-mile round-trip daily commute. That's a long way. that's insane. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's up so there. as I said, lives in Michigan, and he's looking for a winter beater. But it's still got to be fun to drive, comfortable. But I think this commute is top priority. We're thinking fun. Mm-hmm. I'm Definitely. still thinking fun. Definitely. I'm coming away with just one car for Rod. I've I've gone through a laundry list. I've Good for you. beat on my choices. I've come back around, tried to make that work. I'm I'm <laughs> still. It's not perfect. It's not perfect, but I'm curious to hear what you guys have. And Jason, let's just jump right in. I mean, you've got the story in front of you there. The commute, the mileage, comfortable. Well, is there something fun? The issues, 
the other issues here, I, I definitely want you to jump in, Jason. The other issues here are the fact that, you know, he's worried about not just not only piling miles on this thing, but he's thinking, okay, we just talked about cars being precious. This this 435 is still a bit precious yeah. to him. Yeah. And so it's yeah. not yeah. just a appliance. So he's worried about both the winter thing and just the miles. So what what he's hoping all-wheel drive, what all-wheel drive thing for 20 grand or less. These are our parameters. 20 grand, yes. That can Thank be, you. Winter beater, but here's the thing: at twenty grand, we can hopefully get something decent. I have three I want to talk about, but I have one that is my favorite. But but Jason, where'd Mm. you go? Okay, I have three as well. Um, And if it's not known, I I own a Crosstrek, so that's my second car. Ah. Uh, So so the thing is, it's not fun to drive, so that kind of eliminates it. Um, But it's it's a solid, uh, Mm. especially if you get the CVT, you're going to get amazing gas mileage. Um, mm. you've got all wheel drive, solid all wheel drive system. It's definitely comfortable. It's not fun to drive, but I love it. Um, <laughs> and I'm super stoked to have one, but that wouldn't be my top choice. Um, I'm assuming, cause I don't think, do they make 435s with manual transmissions? I'm assuming he's totally fine with automatics. Um, I would assume in this scenario we're going automatic. I mean, one of one of the thoughts yeah. that I've had is a car that could go either way, but I expect for the purpose of this, we're going to be talking an auto. Yeah, it sounds like daily commuters. So what what I would okay, then my my second choice, not my top choice, but would it would be a Honda HRV uh all-wheel drive. Hmm. It's more practical than the Crosstrek. It doesn't offer the manual transmission with all-wheel drive and it has less ground clearance. Um so those are kind of the drawbacks. I went with the Crosstrek because it had more ground clearance. But what I think would be the best choice uh because I'm going to em- put emphasis on fun to drive here is the CX-3. Uh, the CX-3 mm. is stupid fun. It's under 3,000 pounds with all-wheel drive, which is insane. Um, gets solid gas mileage. It doesn't have a whole lot of ground clearance, but it sounds like he's mostly doing just highway stuff and just needs yeah. uh, something that gets him there and back. So that's my fun-to-drive, fuel-efficient all-wheel drive suggestion is the Mazda CX-3. I like CX-3 that. is a great one. Now, what's what's the uh, the MPG on that? What's that normally run? I, I didn't look that one. Uh, that is rated 32 on the highway okay. with all-wheel all right. drive. Now, the new ones, I think, start around 25-ish. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming we can find something used in the 20K range. I don't think that'd be too challenging to do. Yeah, but, I feel yeah. like all of those all of those mid-20s Mazdas, all of which pretty much are great cars. I mean, we talk about the Mazda 3 and the CX-5 a lot here, too. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you get a year out of any of those cars with twenty grand in your pocket, you can find any of them. So I think you're very safe yeah. there. I like that. I did not go there, but I like that a lot, especially for the gas mileage and the chuckability. That would be fun. I totally mm-hmm. agree. Where are you, Paul? And utility too. I mean, that's that's really cool mm-hmm. I, because yeah. you're right. He's yeah. got the car. Why not go utility? All right. So you're, you're right. Gonna... He's got something fun. He needs something that you can throw some crap in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true, and less precious as we keep talking. All right, so this idea, yeah. I'm I'm ready to be beat on. I'm I'm trying my best here. I oh, went good. looking. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, I excellent. promise. Yeah, I'm trying right. to keep the price down. I think I have. I think I've got it right <laughs> no, at you twenty. Haven't. <laughs> but, no, you haven't. I well, know you. It's going to be thirty grand in thirty seconds. Keep actually, going. it's not. It's it's twenty four. But <laughs> look okay. at there. <laughs> Okay, so I thought German and low and fun and all-wheel drive, and I came up with the 2012-2013 Volkswagen Golf R. Now, interesting. 
the cars on CarMax, where I'm going with this is CarMax. Because at a $20,000 price level, you're talking higher mileage. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So we have talked about getting, you know, one of the extended comprehensive coverage service from CarMax. Get that and try to find a right about $20,000 Golf R. And if they've mm. got higher mileage, fine, because CarMax is going to cover it. And maybe your goal you is, defended yourself. Yeah. you know, the low yep. mileage M Sport 435i and try to make the world's highest mileage Golf R and see how far you can take it. I, I don't know. Possibly. Well, because I mean, that is the you're stepping into the problem with the high mileage Golf R. And that is, and we've talked about it before, you know, the GTI and the whole golf platform. Awesome. But is a 50-50 dice roll on reliability. Everyone we know with a high-performance Volkswagen is either mine's perfect yeah. and mine's terrible, and it's right down the middle. Well, so you're right. Yes. You're defending yourself there. I'm bringing can, can we make it a verb? Can we? Yes. Can, can we just can we just raid just call it a verb and just call it uh, pulling a Doug Demuro? I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's exactly. defending yourself <laughs> by doing that. And I, I, I see where you went. I see that. Do you have anything else on your list there? You know, I went round and round. I went sedan. I went you know all kinds of places, and I kept coming back to this just because that Golf R is really fun and manual mm-hmm. transmission, yeah. and just make it the high mileage car. I'm finding anywhere from 60, 50, 60,000 miles on up to about 100,000. I think, ooh, well, yeah, that's why somebody is selling the car, wherever, CarMax notwithstanding. You know, they're selling the car because they think, oh, I've got 100,000 miles. I better dump it before something does go wrong. But that's the beauty sure. of CarMax. And they do have some nice ones on here. You know. But, uh, yeah, price. Yeah, and you know, honestly, like if if you were to get some solid winter tires and just get a GTI, you could definitely get the price. You'd get a little bit better gas mileage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably actually a decent bit better gas mileage, and it's still a fun car. Like it's a lightweight, decent, like True. pretty good torque. I've actually got a friend who's got a GTI who has about a hundred mile round trip commute. He does every day, mm-hmm. uh, and he loves that thing. And he gets, he says he gets around, you know low 30s to mid 30s with 80 mile per hour highway yeah. commute so wow yeah i mean and we're huge yeah. proponents of tires i mean it's all about the tires you could step away from the all-wheel drive yeah and i mean that there's no reason not to it if you're confident in your tires i i see that and paul yeah. are you going far enough back i'm sorry i don't remember where the the separation is between mark six and mark seven uh golf r are you in the six or the seven at that i'm in the that six year? so that'd be the mark six golf r 2012 okay. 2013 okay. car and yeah, okay. so I, I thought that, that right. because of all wheel drive, I like your GTI suggestion and easily well under 20 grand, but Rod, yeah. you've got to be comfortable with just having front wheel drive and winter tires on it. So there is that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. All right. Well, what I like about this is all three of us have kind of picked a different part of the market uh, because I actually was looking at Rod's situation here and you've got this BMW you're in love with. And I suspect, look, you're in love with the power. You've got that stage two package. I get oh, it. You're yeah. with the power. But I suspect you're also in love with the handling <laughs> and the style and the luxury of it. I bet all of those are things you like. So while my brain went, okay, $20,000 winter beater, there's a part of me that just thought, if we put you into something where it feels like a massive downgrade, you're just going to be bummed for four to six months out of the year. Well, you're just going to be, I, I wish suppose. I was in my BMW, in my, in my nice interior. I just, I think that's going to exist. So there was, that led me down a rabbit trail of just going, what nice sedans that feel like an alt to his, to his BMW can we get into? 
less powerful, still a nice place to be. Now, I'm not doing as well in gas mileage as I would like. I'm doing like mid to high 20s in, in, my, in my fines here. But I thought you could get yourself a Cadillac ATS for this kind of money, an all-wheel drive of that. Look, it's a, that's a fantastic chassis to just drive. You're doing highway. You're not going to be what, on a back road chucking it around. Well, it's it's very early in its run. I, I, the ones I was finding was I think 2012, 13 was like 20,000, uh, 22,000, right in that range for an ATS, okay. all-wheel drive. So there's an option. I, I kind of liked that one. I also thought this is the winter beater, so it needs to just run. It needs to be the car you don't think about. So that led me to Lexus. You could get an IS 350. I found them for 2022. IS350 all-wheel drive, that's a cool car, great interior, yeah. and it's a Lexus. It's just going to run. It's going to run in spite of you, Rod. It's just going to be sitting in the driveway going, bring it, okay? If you can deal with the Predator grill maw on the front of that thing, if you're okay with that. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, two of my three choices are kind of got it. well, you could say the ATS too. So maybe all three of my choices have got love it or hate it styling because my favorite, honestly – of this group that I love, completely love, you could get yourself a, a current body style Acura TL with their super handling all-wheel drive. Fantastic all-wheel drive system. Surprisingly agile car. And it just, those are the cars that are forgotten, which means they're cheap now. You get a used one for 20 grand, you have options. I looked them up and it was like I had to start paring down parameters to get to a manageable list. So what you have to deal with there is the terrible chrome parrot grill. So somehow yes. I picked three yes. cars with ugly front grills. But they're good to drive. They have great interiors. They will just run. My personal favorite for you is that TL. If you can handle the styling, the TL would be a great car for this. And see, what you guys have done here is gone Japanese or Asian cars, and that may be the solution, whatever rod you decide on getting, because, yeah, as Todd said, it's just got to be the reliable. It runs. I don't want to think much about it. I, I, It's not in the toaster toilet category of appliance. You still have to enjoy it. But <laughs> I you, love that you went you know. <laughs> toaster and then toilet. It wasn't toaster and fridge. It was toaster and toilet. All That's right. what I love about that. Keep going. Appliances. But, you know, so I'm thinking, you know, my my – my Band-Aid is CarMax over here for the service and maintenance. <laughs> That's my Band-Aid to get you into a Golf R because still a Golf R, but maybe ultimately you've got to decide on on uh, Japanese. And Jason, I love that you went brand new and you went just small SUV. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and that CX-3 is a cool-looking little car. Mazda's doing some great yeah. stuff stylistically speaking. And I, I really am kind of gravitating towards that over a RAV4 or even the Honda or something like that. Or a, or a Renegade, too, for that matter. Well, I mean, that's the big question. But the Renegade isn't going to be reliable. I hate to say it, but the the whole oh. uh, reliability ratings were out this week, and <laughs> FCA did not do well. I yeah. hate to yeah. say it, but they just did not do <laughs> I'm, well. I'm well, they never so, do. Yeah, which is sad, which is sad. You keep, I keep hoping. I keep hoping. You I have, know. They you make the fun cars. You have the Hellcat on one end. You have you know really cool cars in their lineup, and you just keep hoping they have one of the best. Their their uh, entertainment screen system, awesome. Yeah, one of the and best. Yet, Paul, yeah, they have sitting an extremely. Us. Yeah, they have an extremely diverse portfolio. Um, yeah, absolutely, but. absolutely. And you just want their cars to run really well. And every time the reliability <laughs> ratings come out, you just go, "Oh no, not again!" Which is terrible. <laughs> 
I yeah. I'm living proof. I'm a customer yes, and experience that very with thing your, with your your Jeep Cherokee, and you are you are now. Which I actually think that is driving you further and further toward German cars. You normally wave yeah. the flag for Germany <laughs> anyway, and I think your Probably. current Jeep experience is is pushing you right over the cliff. And it will be like <laughs> nobody but Germans make cars. That's what it's going to happen going forward. So I have to try. Yeah, I have to know. say to. <laughs> that I, I always approach everything with a reliability bias. So that's why the three I named are, you know, Honda, Mazda, Subaru. Like, I can't sure. I sure. can't remove that bias from my head. Uh, but I think the GTI would be awesome. I think the Golf R would also be awesome. Um, and I do like the idea of the IS350 as well. I think those are good, solid, fun cars. I mean, it's not going to get, the 350 isn't going to get great gas mileage. But, yeah, it's definitely no. going to run forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of the ones that I'm dealing with, yeah, it's it, you're running about mid twenties, maybe high twenties if you're doing highway cruising. Cruising compared to the low thirties you guys are hitting, yeah. I'm I have failed in the miles per gallon area. But I just thought, okay, there's a this is a it's a winter band aid. It's not a huge step in another direction. You've yeah. got your BMW to yep. dream about, and you're in a similar world, and going, okay, I get to step up in the summer, but. Honestly, Rod, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on these recommendations because we've gone three very different ways, which I love that we <laughs> yes, did that. Yes, we have. So uh, I'd be very curious to hear 20 grand. This is, but here's the other side of it. This is the range that 20 grand gets you. I mean, yeah, well, you, for you, sure. and I, you and I struggle with 10. A lot of times people say, I've got 10 grand. We're like, okay, what's the best choice? Because you start, the reliability <laughs> yeah. becomes Of all the Hondas, which one should you get? That's where we start. <laughs> yeah. But, but at, 20, at 20, there's places to run around, which is great. I think we've beat on that properly. Um, I, what I like is that we have, I don't know, like 30 Facebook questions. I don't think we'll get to all of them. We never get to all of them. But I do want to get into some of those. I also want to mention while we're here, if you have your own car debate, Everyday Driver TV at Gmail is our email where we are reading all of it. Believe it or not, one of us is putting eyeballs on everything <laughs> you put in. Or it's you can go everydaydriver.com. That's a bold thing to put out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, yeah, I'm telling you, you wouldn't believe. We also read all of our YouTube comments. Some days, some days I just sit in the corner and rock for a while after reading YouTube comments. I just need, I need time to myself. Sometimes you need to set up better filters to turn up to get those haters out. (laughs) Sure. I mean, you're, it's YouTube. You're going to get all kinds of comments, but percentage wise, we get a shockingly low amount of comments that are just trolling or hating. They're still there, but I'll go on a lot of people's videos and just feel like the percentage is really high. We get them, but we don't. I mean, it's an overwhelming positive response, which I'm shocked and thankful for. So thank you guys for commenting. We are reading all of them. It's horrifying sometimes, just the sheer time of it sometimes. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so yeah. that's happening. We are reading all of the car debates you send in. Thank you. So through the website or through that email address. And uh, and if you haven't rated the podcast yet, we appreciate it. That is helping. You guys are also sending in, I want you to know this, feedback, be it on iTunes or just Facebook comments. You guys are sending in comments and going, I thought this about this episode. This one wasn't as good. This one was better. Here's why. We're reading that stuff too. So you're a part of this. So we appreciate it. Yes. And uh, Jason, I think the audience is hungry to hear from you here on uh, on the questions that they've posted up on our fix- Facebook site. So make sure you refresh the page because they continue to pour in. Great questions, everybody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, pick a few. Just what strikes you? What piqued your interest? You know, what do you want to speak okay, to? Okay, I'm going to go with the few that I looked in earlier, and then if we still have time, we can uh, pick out some of the newer ones. Um, okay. So one of the first ones, uh, Michael was asking, 
loves engineering explain which is awesome uh thank you michael i love you uh and he was asking what do i think about drive driver helpers like radar cruise control and lane departure uh, are they making us zombies or saving lives uh and i like this question um that's why i wanted to talk about it for a moment because i think what a lot of us do that live in this car world is just start to over time assume that there's more of us out there than there really are uh, and I think the reality is, is that, you know, not that many people honestly really care about cars in the big scheme of things. Most people buy them because they want to get somewhere. And, you know, yeah. people will have their taste and they'll have their preferences hmm, and they'll sure. like BMW for whatever reason and they'll like Mazda for whatever reason. Uh, but ultimately, they don't really care about driving. They don't they don't go get in their car and go to a nice road just to drive on it. That's never something Agreed. that's part of their agenda. Agreed. Uh, and so for those kind of people, these things like radar cruise control, lane departure warning, like this is gold. This is what, you know, it makes their commute easier. It makes it simpler. Um, it, it, you know, removes stress from it. Like my mom just got a new uh, Subaru um, Outback and it's got this uh, radar cruise control. And it, one of the things that she loves is when she's sitting in a stoplight and the car in front of her moves away, it'll say, you know, hey, the car in front of you just moved because, you know, she nannies, she takes care of these two kids. If she's messing mm. with them in the back or whatever, uh, this thing is the car is telling her, hey, the person in front of you went. She gets that notification. And yeah, it's mm -hmm. like a zombie thing. Like, you know, why do we need a car to tell you that the person in front of you moved? But for the people out there that don't care about cars, like they actually find joy in these things um, that yeah. kind of remove the necessity of the driver to do things. So I think they're great. Um, I'm all for the electric movement. I'm all for the autonomous movement. I won't be driving them. I have three gasoline uh, <laughs> manual transmission vehicles. But, you know, like, it's, as long as they're still making those and, you know, whatever, everybody else can have their automatic, uh, you know, automated Tesla for all I care. Like, just go get them. They're, they're great cars. They're good fun. But, uh, you know, like, I'll, I'll have what I want. And, and for the most people out there, like, use the zombie stuff. I think it's great. Well, you're you're touching on something very specific here, and you know we talk on the podcast all the time about the fact that if you're listening to this show, you probably want to be involved to some level. But we're this right. is a niche market; it's a huge niche market, and so I I think your initial assessment is correct. I mean, I think we can sometimes overestimate that the person in front of us who's a terrible driver. They actually don't care. I mean, they, they literally yeah, just don't exactly. care. And so they will be the first to embrace autonomy. I, I literally was on the road today, and I went for a quarter mile while the pickup in front of me, I was in the fast lane. He was kind of in the fast lane because his right wheels were actually over the lane divider into the next lane. And we went like that for a quarter oh, mile. God. And I was just driving oh, along going, um, I, I just at Excuse some me, point sir? it has to dawn on you you're not actually in your lane. So I ended up just having yeah. to go around him. He was still kind of not really there. So, I mean, you're right. Those are the folks that will wind up in autonomous vehicles and will be thrilled about it because it yeah. is a, it's a means of transport. It's not a, a fun hobby at all. So that's a great point. Yeah. And that's less traffic for the rest of us. Well, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. In, in the interim, what do you guys think about, you know, the notification that the car has moved in front of you or, you know, say the car is telling this guy his wheels are over the line? Maybe it could t send a text to your phone to notify you so you have to look at your phone and then you know – wait a minute. No, that's uh, – so, maybe not. Since you're staring at your lap at your <laughs> phone anyway, let's here. send you a notification. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but there was that comedian years ago, I forget who it was, who made the comment where he said that everyone's license plate should be their cell phone number. Oh, yeah. So you could yeah. call that guy and be like, hey, idiot. 
move over. And, and but, anarchy yeah, not reigns supreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all bad. All bad. Be bad. So what else, what else struck you here, Jason? Uh, okay. Uh, Blake Swan, do you think Nissan GTR has great drivetrain loss given that they run the drive shaft back to the rear and then again back to the forward wheels? So mm-hmm. for those uh, who don't know about the GTR, basically what they do is the engine's up front, they have a drive shaft that goes all the way to the back where they have a rear transaxle, so it goes in the transmission. Then they've got a clutch pack in that rear transmission that links up with another drive shaft that goes all the way back to the front uh, and then rotates the front wheels. So do I think that it has great drivetrain losses? Well, I think the numbers that it posts like kind of show that it's doing all right because it's always <laughs> been a car that's really heavy and, and not that powerful, and yet it just gets stupidly fast mm-hmm. uh, lap times. Yeah. Uh, but what I think is what I think the, the critical thing to kind of understand about this is that it actually can disconnect the front and it and it kind of wants to do that. It's a rear biased car and not many all wheel drive systems are. Uh, it's, it's pretty rare in that aspect. And so what it's trying to do is eliminate the need to put power to the front wheels and only send it to the rear. And so in doing that, I mean, it's a pretty efficient thing. It's it's not going to mm-hmm. be losing all that much when it is sending power to the front. Sure, you're going to get uh, more losses, but. Um, I think the key to understand about that is that, you know, it wants to just send power to the wheel, to the rear wheels, and then if they start slipping, it fixes that by sending it up front. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> the, the numbers are still all right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It defies every other thing about what you expect a sports car to do. Should be light. Yeah. Isn't light. Should Funny. be crazy powerful. Is powerful, but not <laughs> blindingly so. But yet it's just, right. it's a world melter. It's shocking how powerful and, and capable that car is in spite of everything yep. that seems quote unquote wrong with it on paper. It's very bizarre. Yeah. You know, and I think the 350 is the newest example of that because the GTR has gotten so expensive now and there's nothing mm-hmm. like a there's no car in that category anymore that kind of sets the sets the benchmark uh, at an affordable fr- uh, affordable price. And the new mm. GT350, I mean, if you look at the lap times, the GT350R, which yeah, all the dealers are gouging, but I mean, that's besides the point. That's not what its MSRP yeah. is actually. Um, if you look at its lap times that Motor Trend just posted, like it's insane. It is insane what it's done. It beat the the 458's lap time at Laguna Seca, a GT350R. Like yeah, this is nuts. a Mustang. Yeah, it's, I hear it's, you. it's right, unreal. Right. So, I mean, that's yep. that's also like, if there's another lesson to be learned from that, it's how important tires are. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the key thing over and over. We actually just recently drove uh, my FRS with a tune. We finally got a tune on it, and we put it up against another guy's FRS that was supercharged. And I have Pilot Supersports on my FRS, and this guy has kind of an alternate version <coughs> of the Eco tires. It's not the normal stock Michelins that are on there. It's yeah. a little bit better, but not much. And he was talking about how he felt like his car was overpowering his tires because his car was so powerful. And both Paul and I got in his car after mine, and our first thought was, no, the reason your tires are overwhelmed is you need better tires. It's not even yeah. just power-related because just the difference in going to Pilot Supersports was resoundingly helpful on that car. And it's... What's yeah. what's so crazy is every one of these performance cars now is coming with tires that ten years ago you couldn't even get, and they're mind boggling on your fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollar car. Yeah. I just yeah. and does so much to the capability. In fact, to the point that Paul and I even talked about his uh, his Cayman GTS has got some Goodyear. What what Goodyears are they, Paul? These are the F1, so they are really the top performance tire yeah, for Goodyear. Eagle F1s. Yeah, they're they're great, and, and we liked them, but we at the same time felt like the tires on the FRS were better. 
And yet in both cases, those tires are world beaters 10 years ago. So it's it's interesting yeah. how far that's come and how much that changes the world because tires are the most boring thing on the planet to talk about, even among enthusiasts, and yet they are so vital. <laughs> I love them. I could talk about them forever. <laughs> well, we we could Mechanical too, but it'd be, it'd be, it would be the three of us and like three other yeah. people listening, and that would be no, a whole, it's true. Could, it's true. Nobody nobody likes spending money on tires, and it's like the most important modification there is. Totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, the, the, you can get into conversations about, here's here's my – I've had this conversation with the guys. Here's my build list. And I'll say, but what tires are you going to buy? And they, they just <laughs> blink. They blink really heavily yeah. like, what, what do you mean? But all of these things will give power. And they, yeah, but right. yeah, let me back up with you. Tires. Which I'm actually, tires? So as a – as a teaser, because we're, we just happened to get on this subject, uh, probably because I influenced it, but I'm going to have a video explaining uh, very soon, I'm not sure in how many weeks, but explaining very soon uh, just how big of a benefit uh, tires are versus literally doubling your horsepower. So it's, it's going to be a pretty cool. cool video, and I'm excited mm. to uh, get into it. But yeah, it's, it's cool. amazing how much difference tires make. Wow. That's that's awesome. I look forward to that video. In fact, I actually have a question that I want to throw at all of us. I want to throw it at you specifically. But there's one guy in here. I got to find it here. But he made the comment where he said, "What what do we think is here? It is. It's David Watson. Uh, after better tires and good driving training. Thank you for starting there, David. Yeah. So after good tires and driving training, what do you think is the best bang for buck next thing to do to improve your car's performance? Yeah, you know, I don't think I don't think. A lot of people like to think suspensions, and I honestly, my point of view on that is none of us really know what we're doing, uh, so I wouldn't go to suspensions. I agree. Um, I think he he has it absolutely right. Like being a good driver is probably the most important thing. Tires probably the second most important thing, um, and then after that, it, it gets a little iffy. If your if your vehicle is has forced induction, uh, the best bang for your buck is just a tune. Mm -hmm. um, if mm -hmm. it's naturally aspirated, you know, a tune doesn't go quite as far. Um, so I would say a tune is probably the best thing. Um, you know, it's, it's very circumstantial too, like depending on the car, if it's front wheel drive, if it's rear wheel drive, if you've got a rear wheel drive open diff vehicle, you need to get a, a limited slip differential, uh, mm, to have some fun one. in it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it is, it is case by case. I don't know. I mean, exhausts and, and, Air intakes, they, they do make a difference. Um, a lot of people don't realize, though, that a lot of times what you do is you shift your torque. So, you know, mm -hmm. you had a, a decently wide torque band initially because that's what manufacturers try to do. And then you put on all these really wide diameters. So, yeah, you have more power on a dyno, uh, but all of that's at the top end. So if you're mm -hmm. always keeping your car in the low end, you may lose power. So it's it's definitely case by case. I'd say best bang for your buck is, is a tune. You know, something yeah. that struck me here is uh, brakes. And what do you guys think about this? And that is from our recent track experiences. Generally speaking, the thing that track driving is the most hard on are brakes. And so, yep. Uh, yep. for example, the, the company we partner with in Germany, RSR, you know, the, the least modification that they'll do is brakes because you can carry the same amount of speed that you carried before. Your car is still just as fast or just as slow. Whatever that is, you're carrying the same speed in the corner, but now you can brake later and therefore mm -hmm. get on the power earlier. And I'm thinking brakes, just, you know, even pads to begin with. You don't have to go full, you know, swap with rotors and, and new calipers and the whole deal. But I'm just wondering because 
it seems like back from when uh, you know everybody was putting wheels on cars and calling it tuned, and you see these little tiny <laughs> rotors. And I'm thinking, well, you've added yeah. a, you've yeah. gone plus two. You've added a whole lot more unsprung weight, and you've your brakes are the same. You're added weight to the yeah. car, and your brakes are the same. Yeah, I'm floored. No, I by think that. that's a fantastic point. Um, and I think if if you're going to track your car, uh, the reason I say tune is because he says kind of performance. But if you're going to track yeah. your car, yeah, yeah. And sure. tires and brakes before you do anything. Um, so Agreed. I absolutely agree. Uh, brakes is is a very good call. It's not it's not a sexy choice though. You know? No, it's, but that's the thing. Uh, exactly right, Paul. That's not, the thing. Brakes are oh, on the list man. just above tires about things yeah. we don't want to yep. actually spend money on. Tires are the bottom, and yep. just above that is brakes. Yep. And yet, when you get yeah, into a hard-driving situation... Yeah, because you get some that look cool. Yeah. <laughs> when you get into a hard-driving situation, those are the things that you're going to benefit from the most. And the thing we see yep. all the time is, well, my horsepower is three times what it was. Oh, but it's stock brakes. It's like okay, but yikes! Okay, my head, my head now hurts, and I'm it's frightened. It's so dangerous. For you. Yes, agreed. Yeah, agreed. It's just not fun to say yeah. in conversation, you know, because it you isn't. can say, "Well, it my car is right. faster." Oh yeah, what'd you do? Well, I got better brakes, and I my lap times dropped. <laughs> well, that's not fun to say. That doesn't yeah. make sense to most yeah, people. Yeah. You want. To I add also numbers. bought a larger SD card for my camera. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. So, what else? <laughs> what else did you see here, Jason? Uh, okay. Um, oh, there's a guy who's trading in his WRX for Camaro SS. He says he's never owned real, rear wheel drive before. Any mm. advice? Uh, and I think this is awesome because this is the exact scenario, basically what I did, except I didn't mm -hmm. get something nearly as powerful. But I went from a STI down to a uh, S2000, and that was my first uh, rear wheel drive vehicle. Um, I think, you know, initially just leave the traction control on. Don't try to be a hero. Like, the mm. cool thing about the Camaro SS is it actually will play with you a little bit, even with, you know, the various track uh, modes that it has that still allow stability control to be on and traction control to interfere. Um, so you don't have to go, you know, you don't have to turn everything off and, and imagine that you're a hero and, and try to make some epic slides out of it. Uh, just leave the assists on initially, you know, especially if it's a manual and you're, you know, messing with the clutch and, and mm -hmm. I hope, I mm -hmm. hope you would get the manual, but, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing is leave the assists on until you've really gotten a feel for the car. The thing with the S2000 is it doesn't have any. So like it was just kind of, <laughs> well, if I, if I lose traction, I'm just going to lose traction. And I actually yeah. experienced uh, just recently breaking oversteer, which I've never experienced in any vehicle ever, mm. uh, but I was breaking <laughs> into a corner and, and the rear came out. And I mean, it wasn't, mm. It wasn't like it was super unpredictable. It wasn't like it just snapped out. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it was fine. I just countersteered and regained control and, and kept going. But it was interesting because that's not something I've ever experienced in any car was braking over steer. And, and yet it, it happened. Um, so mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to be an issue with the Camaro SS. I'm sure it's probably tuned to understeer. Um, so uh, I would yeah, just I'm imagine so that you want to be, you want to be careful with, with throttle and, Exiting corners, and that's the biggest thing. <laughs> so back to Absolutely. the tire discussion, everyone. Here we are, right back where we yeah. started. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, but but it is it is going to be throttle application. I mean, the thing that the WRX does that the uh, that the SS will not is the WRX is has that all wheel drive thing. I mean, the Evo does it the best. The Evo and the GTR do what I'm about to describe the best, but the WRX well, kind of does it, and that is well, when it's not steering debatable. as you hope, you put power on. 
But but <laughs> you get to do a rear wheel drive. You get to rear wheel drive, and you put power on, and it doesn't necessarily help you in the corner. If you do it wrong, it will it can go wrong quick. Right. <laughs> and this yeah. is you know your. We can go to the ridiculous version, which is all the Mustang memes right now of how how difficult is it to turn a car out of a parking lot and leave a car meet. You know, I mean, this is the problem. <laughs> Apparently it's, it's talking very. about too much power. <laughs> According to the internet, it's impossible. Maybe but, they had $50 the, uh, but, tires. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe it is. But but this is the thing about going rear-wheel drive is that, that that back end of the car is going to operate very differently, and it's going to be incredibly uh, affected by power uh, application. So you just have to start playing with that. And I like the yeah. fact that you're saying don't be a hero. That's a fantastic initial recommendation because I think we as car guys want to do that. Oh, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Everything's <laughs> off. Off I go. Well, I what are you sure? Because Pro- I don't what? know. I mean, to, to yeah. yourself maybe, yeah. I guess. but. You know, we all want to get and faster. crowds play players. into that, you know? <laughs> exactly. Crowds make you feel like you need to do something. You don't. You don't need to do anything. <laughs> I have a Mustang. Therefore, <laughs> I must try to do a burnout. I've got to get sideways and impress who? Yeah. We're not sure who. Yeah, but yeah, no but, but, but it's also the other thing is, I mean, I was actually watching uh, your recent piece on the updated BRZ because we haven't been in that yet, Jason. I'm looking forward to it. Because I have a 2013 FRS, so I'm, I, I'm expecting yeah, to be able fun. to feel the changes. So, uh, but one of the things you talked about is that they're improving their trash control system. And you're right, that Camaro SS has got all kinds of layers of it. That's one of the nice things about the systems now is that they they aren't just on-off systems. You, you can have yeah. layers of I'm learning the car, and you can allow the car to give you a little bit more leash, if you will, without just, okay, everything's off. Best of luck to you, which is also really nice about the systems now. Yeah, so uh, as far as the new the new BRZ, if you have it in track mode, if you're going straight, the tires can spin as long as you want. The only time mm. it interferes in track mode is if you start to get too sideways, and then it's like, okay, huh. now we want to fix that. But I was on a I was on a dirt uh, like pull off, and I tried to get back onto the road, and I had it in track mode, and like it didn't take much throttle to just spin these tires. And so it's just sitting there spinning, and I thought, well, you know, is it going to do anything, or is it just going to let me keep spinning? Nope, it just huh. let me keep spinning until I got onto the road. Uh, and the only the only time it interferes is if you just get it too sideways, and then it'll say, hey, like you're going to kill yourself. Let so me that's fix looking that at that steering <laughs> angle then to calculate that. Is that what yeah. it's doing? Yeah, yeah. So steering angle and and then wheel speed, I'm sure. Um, and so you know, intended path versus the actual path. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is Man. every Mustang leaving a car show. Intended path versus <laughs> yeah. actual path. They are different. All right. Uh, what else yeah. in here, Jason? I'm curious. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Well, someone asked if I could give a rough idea. Kenneth asked if I could give a rough idea about how my video production works. Um, I'll keep it very basic because it's not that thrilling. But basically, uh, I research stuff. <laughs> Uh, which can take a short amount of time or a really long amount of time, depending on what I'm trying to figure out. Um, so I spend a lot of time just reading. I mean, everything I can find on it. And you get a ton of sources, and eventually some things seem to be logical and repeated. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. things seem to be, you know, people's opinions, and you try and filter out what's, you know, actually a fact. And so I try and boil everything down to the facts. Then I try and kind of make a storyline out of that. Um, I sketch some nonsense on a whiteboard, uh, I film it, <laughs> I edit it, and I upload it. And that's like the simple uh, process. Then there's the rest of it, which is where it's like, hey, would you like to come do this? And it's like, sure. 
And then it's mm-hmm. just kind of like uh, a madness of figuring out what am I going to make a video on? Who do I get to talk to? Uh, sure. Coming up with the idea. But the very basics is just research, film, upload. I mean, it's what do you uh, it's a what do you normally shoot with? Process. I know you use GoPros in car, but what else do you normally shoot with? Yeah, GoPros in the car. I've got a Sony um, AX400. It's a camcorder. It's like okay. a prosumer is what they call it because they don't sure, want to sure. like say that you're just a consumer, but they want. It's not yeah. professional by any means. Yeah, uh, I hear you. but it has I hear like you. the the um, you know, the solid audio inputs. Um, I forget what that's called. XLR. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a decent camera. It shoots 4K. So that's what I use for all my whiteboard stuff. So you can see all my gray hairs crystal clear. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's it's uh, it's solid. I mean, it does the trick. Like, uh, I try to keep everything as simple as it can be. When you're a one-man show, you just need simple. You don't need, like, super flashy. Hey, it, at least you have hair, Jason. At least you have hair. You know, <laughs> yep. it's all good. <laughs> One of the things that we talk about production-wise all the time is that, you know, we try to do pretty high-end production. We do it with very few people, but we're always trying to make our gear smaller. Because ultimately, at the end yeah. of the day, we've got a guy standing on the side of the road, and we're going to go buy him at high speed. I, I don't want a big yep. footprint. I don't, want to, I don't want to draw attention, and I don't want to make him an, a larger object on the side of the road. So one of the things we keep refining is one of the reasons that we – look, there – the filmmaker in me could go on and on about the limitations of GoPros and this camera and that camera. I could get nutty. I mean, we, you thought tires were boring. Just wait until I go there. <laughs> but the thing is, it's it's the usability of something like a GoPro or some of these small prosumer camcorders or some of the really small DSLRs, the stuff that can shoot 4K, is awesome now. Because, sure, a yep. RED camera is amazing, but how much support stuff, how much does that weigh, how big is that hanging yep. out of the back of the car? These are big considerations, at least for how we shoot. So I totally understand the simplicity. Yeah, you think about traveling. Like, I can fit all of my gear in a backpack, and mm-hmm. I'm never going to have it in a checked bag. Like, sorry, I can't check my gear in a bag and just hope that it doesn't break sure. um, or get sure. stolen or lost. So yeah, everything yeah. has to fit that. in a backpack, uh, and I absolutely agree. You, it's got to be compact. Um that's just kind of part of it. It's got to be simple and compact. Kenneth asked a lot of questions. I wanted to, to just touch sure. on one really quickly. He said, would we like to be interviewed by Gears and Gasoline? That's actually a, a kind of a startup. Uh, they've been out about a year. A YouTube channel that's doing car videos like we all are. And they've done a couple of uh, profiles. They did one on uh, Mr. Regular and Roman from Regular Car Reviews. They also did one on uh, that dude in blue. And my short answer would be, be great to be interviewed by them. I think they should absolutely do one on you, Jason. But I don't know how they're deciding who they work with and what they do, but I've seen both of their profiles and they do great work. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think, see, this is like, I I hate to say this, but I just get a ton of emails and I'm, I'm sure I've probably gotten an email from them and I probably said something like, I'm really busy. Like I did for this podcast. I mean, I don't know how long ago we originally planned this, but it's definitely been months. Well, Um, but but I, I can relate to that because people have been saying have guests for about six months to us, and we've been going, we will get there. I swear to you. That and T-shirts. Yeah. These are the two things we keep going, yes, I promise we will get there, and yet there's just – we run out of hours in the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. it's There's there's so much going on behind the scenes. Like the number of emails that like – I didn't put that into my this is what I do on a daily basis, but the amount of emails <laughs> is, is a big part of it. And it's just like – yeah. It seems like a pointless time waste, but I mean, there's there's good things that come of those emails. <laughs> absolutely, no, absolutely. I think that that interaction is great, and you never know where things are going to lead. And I mean, thank you for responding. I mean, clearly, you're reading emails because you responded to our email, and and here we yeah. are. But you're right. I mean, we've been working on this between both of our schedules on both sides for a couple months to just go. Okay, what day works? Yeah. 
And I think we all yeah. got excited when we decided we could record tonight. We were like, wait, yes, that works. Let's yeah. do that right now. Yeah. So I'm glad you could be here. Yeah. Jason, there's yeah. one last no, question that we want to throw yeah. in. One last question here from Hamed, okay. and uh, he's asking you directly, since we started off the top of the podcast talking about your cars and your choices and the fact that you've done videos on them. He said, since you sold the STI and you own the S2000 now, of course, do you miss the all-wheel drive? Do you miss yep. the turbo? How much did you change your driving dynamics to adjust to the S2000? And then finally, which car do you prefer driving? I mean, hard to the limits, all that stuff. Do you miss it? Are you thinking about it? Okay. Or all so, so <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty much all S2000. So <laughs> as far as missing all-wheel drive, as far as missing all-wheel drive, that's why I got a Crosstrek. So I wanted sure. something with clearance sure. and all-wheel drive. So I got a Crosstrek. Um, and, and I don't think the all wheel drive part is necessarily like the STI's all wheel drive is amazing. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make or break a car. It can be all wheel drive. It can be rear wheel drive and still be a mm -hmm. ton of fun. So I don't necessarily miss that part of it. Um, the turbo is great. The turbo is awesome in, in the STI and you definitely get put back in your seat way firmer than you do in the S2000. Sure. Um, but sure. that said, I just drove, actually, I was just in a 2011 WRX. And, you know, that car, until you get to about 3,500, 4,000 RPM, it is slower than my S2000. Like, it truthfully is. It yeah. has no yeah. torque um, until you get that turbo spooled up, which only happens at, you know, 3,500 plus, probably 4,000. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, and until you get there, you have nothing. Like, literally, I was I was kind of just testing it out. I was driving it. I had it for a week. Um I gave it 10% throttle and like you get a little bit of a feeling you floor it and nothing changes, literally nothing changes. So the, the cars have lag. The STI is not quite as bad, um, mm -hmm. but they, they have a, a pretty high threshold and uh, a, a decent amount of lag. So I don't really miss um, like the, the torque is awesome. You can't deny that. It's awesome to get planted back in your seat, uh, but I don't sure. really miss it. Um and as far as changing my driving dynamics, uh, I think the thing is now, like, when I drove my Subaru, most of the time I always had traction control and stability control on. There was no reason not to. I mean, even if I had them off, though, it's all-wheel drive. And so it's very rare that it would lose grip, especially with, you know, four limited slip differentials. Uh, sure. And so the the difference now is you have to be a little more careful with throttle and braking uh, now that I've learned. But I need new tires. <laughs> I actually just got some. Um, I haven't put them on yet, but I've got Good. tires for it. Uh, so, yeah. To replace the, the thing, $50 tires. Right? I, haven't even changed, <laughs> I haven't even changed the oil yet, and uh, oh, wow. I've got new tires for it. Good. Good. <laughs> um, yeah. What did you, you get? Yeah, what tires so, did you get for it? Bridgestone RE71Rs. So they don't make – not many companies make – uh, high performance, just for just ready for winter. Um, yeah, exactly. Not many, Perfect. Not many yeah. companies <laughs> make high performance tires for 16 inch wheels. Um, but yeah. Bridgestones were standard on the S2000, and I mm -hmm. think as a result of that, all their performance tires will work on it. Uh, so I went with the best. Um, and the cool thing about 16 inch tires is they're not that expensive. Um, well, yeah, so yeah, it's another benefit. Yeah, try 20s. Those are a different category. Yeah, when I'm buying tires for the 17-inch uh, FRS rims, I have options, and they're not that expensive. But you bump up to 18s, yep. 19s, and especially 20s, it's just, you know, you're saving yeah. up for tires, which is the reason everybody wants to ignore them. Anyway, yeah. this this accidentally yeah. became yeah. the Everyday Driver tire podcast, but yeah. we're thrilled that, that Jason <laughs> could evolve. join us because – 
He, come on, he's educating all of us. And here's the thing. There, every now and then, you don't even know this, Jason, but every now and then we'll get an email that is somebody that says, hey, would you do a video on heel-toe downshift? Or would you do a video on how this four-wheel drive system, you don't know this, but I send them to you. I'm like, look, it's already been done. It's right been on. done well. So go to Engineering Explained. Let Jason talk you through I it. I appreciate that. And off we go. You know, because that's, I mean, we could cover it, but you've done it and you've got massive views on it. So kudos. And I, I love the way you explain stuff. That's the thing that you've really grabbed grasped well is well, taking thank you complex so much. stuff. So thank you for being here because, hey, it's educating me anyway. So that's good. Right on. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys both so much for having me on. This has been fun. Good, good. And We're glad you surprisingly quick. <laughs> yeah, Dad. Yes, it, it has. This is what happens to us every time we do this. And we do this twice a week. <laughs> and, of course, it's kind of like our phone call anyway because Paul and I are constantly talking about something, much to my wife's chagrin yeah. sometimes. But the point is you'd be amazed how many times we look up and go, oh, look, it's after an hour already. I was kind of yep. getting started. Okay, maybe we should close. So yeah, here we are exactly. again. Exactly. Well, thank you again. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, hopefully you guys, all you listening, have enjoyed it too. And yeah, I love to learn stuff. I mean, the world of cars, we all never stop learning. We, th we think we know a thing, and then it's all different. So thanks for educating <laughs> we us. We all know well. nothing. That's the reality. Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly. very true. Yeah, definitely. So thanks, guys. <laughs> really appreciate you listening and watching. Cheers.